Blog Talk Radio. Welcome to New Human Living Radio Show, bringing you powerful interviews to awaken the power in you. Learn more at newhumanliving.com. And now your host, Les Jensen. Hello and welcome to the show tonight. I'm so glad you chose to join us. I'm excited about tonight's episode. The topic, a new paradigm for men, and our guest tonight is Dan Doty. We're going to bring Dan on in just a minute. But the the notion of a new paradigm for for men, um, uh, the, we've talked so many times on this show about the awakening feminine, the healthy masculine, the healthy feminine, and uh, from my experience, um, to speak just to the masculine side of things, the the masculine or the, the 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 men in our culture have really had a, a very heavy burden to carry in general. Um, and for me, one of the obvious ones is my father. I remember seeing pictures of him in his teenage years. He he grew up in a very very small town in Utah. And he, uh, when the pictures of him as a teenager is, he had these overalls on, and he had mischief in his face and a big smile on his, on his face. And then he went off and he fought in World War II. And many years later, I was born. And all the pictures after he came back from the war, that smile was gone. I mean, it, it's not that he didn't ever smile or was funny. He he had a very uh, sharp sense of humor, but his psyche, his his uh, his heart, really, um, um, was clobbered, was wiped out by the by the participating in World War II. He fought in the Pacific uh, Theater and. A lot of our masculine issues, if you will, or struggles or challenges or lessons, however, whatever context you want to put it in, are are woven so deeply in the fabric of our of the history of, of the male archetype on this planet. And if you if you work with men's groups very long at all. Typically, it's it's uh, not uncommon to be blown away when men share what they're carrying around on their shoulders, the the angst, the heartache, the the pain, the suffering. And what I really like about the notion of a new paradigm for men, the topic of tonight's show, is the idea or the vision of flipping that over and really um, doing the deep work and healing in a very whole and complete way, healing our our masculine psyche um, in a solid and grounded way that that we can be fully embodied in ourselves, if you will. And so... Um, I just, uh, I love this topic. I'm so delighted for tonight's episode, and I think it's time we get to it. Again, the topic tonight is a new paradigm for men, and our guest is Dan Doty. Dan's going to discuss an emerging paradigm of men's health and wellness. He is a visionary behind every man. That's E-V-R-Y-M-A-N, an organization that is making it cool for men to feel and to ultimately be their truest selves. Dan is a visionary entrepreneur, speaker, consultant, and the co-founder and voice of every man. Again, E-V-R-Y-M-A-N. Dan is the host of the Every Man podcast, 
and the former director of cult hit show Meat Eater. He has been a three-time guest on the Joe Rogan Experience, the Today Show, and dozens of other podcasts, including, as of today, this one. Dan is a man's man with a well-developed tender side. He embodies the ability for men to be exactly who they are and is sharing that message that there are many definitions of manhood as there are men on the planet. Join me in welcoming Dan to the show. Dan, I'm so glad to have you on the show tonight. Thank you, Flats. I'm pretty thrilled to be here myself. Um it's not a it's not a easy or a, a flimsy thing to decide to work with men, and as a co-founder of the Every Man platform, how, how did your journey bring you in, uh, into the role of being so involved in the uh, in the masculine uh, paradigm? That's my that, that's one of my favorite questions. So I think the first answer <laughs> is that uh, I was born into uh, the perfect situation uh, in my family um, to to ultimately want and need to uh, do this work in this lifetime. Uh, but the practical answer was after college, I was uh, living in Panama. I was writing a novel. I was sort of living this wild life, and I ran out of money. And I needed a job. And so I went on Craigslist. And uh, my girlfriend at the, at the time and I were planning to move to Utah. Sounds like your home state. And uh, I found a job as a wilderness therapy guide. I had already been a, a wildland firefighter and a naturalist and uh, had thoughts of being a teacher. So I saw wilderness and kids and I was like, sign me up. So I began to uh, like a four or five year career where I led hundreds and hundreds of young men on wilderness trips uh, where every day, every night we practiced um, getting in touch with who we were, learning how to communicate more directly. And uh, it, it set the course for my whole life. It was the most perfect experience for me. It was the most perfect job for me. And it set me up for a whole life um, you could call it obsession or passion or mission or whatever it is that has called me to it. Um, and one last note about that. Uh, towards the end of my tenure doing that work, I specifically started working with father and son pairs together out in the woods. And, uh, you know, I'd say a couple dozen times uh, there was these moments around the fire or on a boat or wherever we were where a father and a son would would they'd get there they'd have that full open that full love that full connection you know i saw 19 year old thugs crying in their father's arms i get the chills in saying it out loud and thinking about it um but that did something to me that did something very um foundational to to who i was and um my intention even at that young age was we got to do something to be proactive about this and these skills, this connection, we do not need to wait until life falls up before we go and we do this important work. Right. Well, uh, it's a lot of times you can go to a self-help workshop or some kind of a, oh, a metaphysical or spiritual uh, workshop and, it'll be all women or there'll be dozens of women and one or two guys. I mean, men, um, I don't want to pitch in the horse, but men some oftentimes can avoid things that might push them up against their, their feelings or um, just not be sure about uh, engaging in an event where they don't know what's going to happen. What kind of uh, – do you see any common factors that push men over that threshold when they come to your um, platform for the first time? Yeah, absolutely. Uh, you know, some of the, the low-hanging fruit um, statistically uh, is, first of all, relationships, either the lack of 
meaningful relationship or a marriage, a partnership um, that's going going sour, you know, going south. It's not working. <laughs> I think that's, you know, statistically that's that's number one. Um, I feel right behind that is professional struggles, as in. I feel dead at work or I feel so unmotivated. I feel lost. I don't know what to do. Um, so, so that's, those are the, you know, relationship, profession, family, a lot of, a lot of dads, uh, new dads oftentimes will, will come to us and, you know, being hit with the full responsibility of a family and a adult life. We're like, Oh no, where, where can I go to get some support? Right. Um, so those those are like the outward things in life, but what what I've really seen in the last couple of years is, first of all, I do believe it's shifting. I, this the idea that men are more willing to to look for support. The stigma against men going inward it it is lessening, and it's lessening not only you know in California or. New York City, not only in the liberal bastions of the country, it's lessening in the middle. Um, we've been running retreats in Ohio, and one <laughs> this is this is important to me. I, I I grew up in North Dakota, and I have a an uncle test. I call it the uncle test, and it's that when we put something out in the world, would my uncle in a bar in North Dakota, you know, give it an ear? Would would he pay attention? Would right. He, would he would he at least uh, look into it? Um, but so it is changing, but I guess what's interesting to me is I feel like in general, men are waking up to the, the reality that they, they don't feel guided. They don't have guidance. They don't have any clue ever. Like so many men come to us and they just feel like we're just figuring it out ourselves, and they're tired of that. So I think that's kind of an underlying commonality. Right. Well, the the pressure of social media can be so instantaneous and and biased in the notion of what a quote man unquote should be, or there's a, a perhaps a stigma of of a pigeonhole idea of what a man's role is, and Yet men can have such a really broad range of feelings within themselves that don't even fall anywhere near the criteria or or reflect on the elements that um, gain public attention, if you will. Mm-hmm. Um, and that can make them feel like they don't fit in or that they're 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 kind of a misfit because they just don't see any reflection of them in the in the media or the social media pond. Um, what would you say to to a guy that's um, really not sure where he is with himself and and not sure even what step to take to figure that out? Yeah, I first I guess I'd say welcome to the club. And, and you're not alone in your feelings. Um, you know, I think that's a, that's a pretty great first step is to is to have that awareness and be able to own it and express it. That shit, I don't know. <laughs> I don't know where to go. I don't know what to do. And that's part of the stigma, right? That's part of the male yeah. uh, perceived male uh, package is that we're supposed to know what to do or we're at least supposed to be able to figure it out. Um, and it's not it's not generally rewarded for men to, uh, you know, put up the white flag and say, Hey, I, I need help. I need that. It, that always reminds me. So when I did that work in the wilderness with, with young men, um, we always had this exercise at one of, one of the places I worked at that the first day they come in and uh, we would set them up in a maze. And it was this, it was in this beautiful uh, red pine forest in Northern Minnesota. And we would, uh, tie off these climbing ropes in a maze amongst the, these trees in the forest. And it was a trick. I feel a little bit bad about it, but it was a trick. The only way out of the maze was to raise your hand and ask for help. And it was a game uh, experience to show these young men that we're doing things differently 
at this program and that uh, when we needed help, we, you know, not only are, are encouraged, but are um, not required because it wasn't, a, it wasn't a hard ass place, but we were strongly encouraged to ask for help. And it was pretty cool how quickly that uh, once, you know, one thing I know about men is that once they're given permission to do something and they try it out a couple of times, you know, they, they can be quick learners sometimes. So, um, yeah, so there was a tan. I don't remember. I actually forget your question last. I got, I got so drawn into that memory for a second there. Well, the the notion of of what uh, what can I benefit from from going to a mm. men's group or, or because if you feel a disconnect within yourself, well, you you can't even. Um, draw a portrait of yourself in your mind, in, and there's no reflection of it in the social um, construct. Mm-hmm. Then it it can seem like a, a pointless. It can seem like, well, I mean, what? How can how can this solve my problem if I go to a men's group or if I, you know, participate in a men's program? It it's. Um, it's not always obvious um, right. what will come out of you as a participant, and I, and I was just uh, reflecting on that. Yeah, great. Yeah, you're you're right. It's not it's not ob- it's definitely not obvious. Um, there's a magical answer, which isn't I don't know how valid this is, but uh, you know this has become my my real really my life's work is to, is to usher men into, into these experiences. And generally speaking, um, men get what they're looking for, you know, maybe not in the way um, that, you know, what they're looking for, what they have questions about, what they feel alone in, uh, you know, there's two, two major sort of maladaptive habits um, or I guess culturally, uh, defined ways of being that, that men adopt a lot. And the first that I speak about is uh, just repression of what we feel and what we want. You know, most guys in general are not, um, they're, they're compressing and they're suppressing and they're repressing what they feel just flatly. Not, not maybe not flatly, but um, a good percentage of that. And so, that's number one. Number two is uh, men are generally isolated, socially isolated, emotionally isolated. Both of those things are deeply not helpful. They're, they're just, and it's not just for men. It's not just for women. It's a, it's a human, a human thing to have feelings and it's a human thing to need each other. That's kind of core. That's core to humanity. And so I think it, it is tricky because a men's group isn't a, it, it's not designed to, to spit out a prescribed uh, type of man or a, pres- a, a prescribed uh, reality. Honestly, it's, it's designed to work from the inside out and to um, help a man, you know, find out what's actually true, who he actually is. And so I think it's, it's kind of natural that it's, it's confusing or unclear at the beginning, but from the practice of doing this with thousands of men now, I, I am clear on a couple things. One is that that repressed emotion, that that the impact of the unshared experience that men have, when that comes out across the board, it feels like taking a, a backpack of 50 pounds, 100 pounds off your back, or you know, setting down weights you've been holding on to for 30 years. Um, you know, men constantly and overwhelmingly just describe it, use that language, like setting down a burden and having more space. And then the, the other thing is that it's, this is the, the most incredible and powerful and simple. And it takes, um, in the intro, you said that, you know, it's remarkable to see men open up and sometimes it only takes five minutes and men, when they get in the room, it's almost comical and one of them has the courage to say, hey, I really struggle with feeling inadequate um, with my boss, something like that. And then you give them the, the chance, hey, anybody else who feels that, raise your hand, you know, 
of the hands go up. And that man who took that risk uh, to share that about himself, he has a, a life-changing experience right there. It might be quiet. It might be subtle. It might be really powerful. But guys think they're alone. Guys think that they're going through things that nobody else is going through. And that's just, that's just we gotta, we got to do away with that. That's just not helpful. That's not helping anybody. So that's, those, two, those two results are pretty constant. Um, I could keep going, but I won't. <laughs> well, we have time for sure. The, uh, the, the notion of being isolated, it's not really, um, or I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to start putting this in the past. I want to cast it as a today thing. But you talked about men feeling isolated and, and not, um, I'm going to elaborate on that a little bit, not having the um, community perhaps by themselves to meet with their friends and say, you know, I really felt inadequate with my spouse the other day. It, uh, a lot of times that kind of a language in, a, in the men's locker room, so to speak, just never came up in the past. And, and yet if you carry that around, like um, I had a men's group a while back, and, and we had a, a talking stick. And the rule was only the person holding the stick could say anything at all. And so you, you would say whatever's on your mind and then hand it to the next person. They'd say whatever's on their mind, et cetera, and, and pass it around. And what I, what I really recognized was it might take two or three times around the circle, but when a man realized that he wasn't going to be interrupted and he could go all the way through a thought or a feeling, that changed everything. Because so often in a, uh, everybody's at the bowling alley and you're drinking beers and you're talking, you can't, you, you can't hold a, a, a specific topic for more than, you know, two gulps of the beer and somebody else has chimed <laughs> in with, you, you know what I mean? There's, there's just not the yeah. space yeah. to get it all yeah. out. And once, I'm sure you've seen, once you create a space where they feel like they can talk all the way through something, even just to express it, not looking for answers, Sometimes the stuff that comes out of their mouth startles them. Uh, 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 yeah, yes, to a deep, like a startle all the way down to the core, right? Like a really deep bass note startle sometimes. Like right. It's a, uh, yeah, it's beautiful. It's it's incredibly beautiful. I like I, I cannot shake how how it never gets old, you know, as a facilitator, even as a participant, I, I still, um, I, I feel like I need a men's group myself now more than ever in my life. But, but you're right. Just having that unique space with permission, clear understandings, clear agreements of what's going on. Some really beautiful and magical part of our humanity kicks in. Uh, and this is really important in the context of every man is that, um, I and we really uh, believe and adhere to that, you know, men are innately able to listen deeply to each other. We're innately able to feel our emotions. And it's in some sense just really a lack of practice, a lack of guidance, um, and a, a lack of permission to to go there. So, yeah, no, you're you're totally right. It doesn't there's no real like really in-depth skill that needs to be trained or in place for this to work effectively. It really it it comes down to setting the the space like with say making it safe, so having some agreements and things like that really help. And then uh, you know, what we've built our brand on and had all of our sort of notoriety from is just leading by example. You know, you get a bunch of guys together and you get vulnerable there as long as they're uh, 
you know, have a, a level of trust or some level modicum of, of respect for you, that's all it takes. It's just like, oh, my gosh, right. you just showed me that. I can do that, too, and then you're off, off to the races. It's amazing. Right. Well, the, I know on your platform you talk about uh, emotions and somatic uh, connection with your body. Um, how do you, uh, for, um, we're so, as men, we're, we're so taught to just suck it up and just push down how we're feeling and be a stoic rock, so to speak. And um, how, do you, how do you bring the mass, uh, the men that come into the program into a more authentic space um, as it relates to connecting with the, the more difficult feelings, connecting with the more painful memories of the past? I mean, you could bypass that and just, and you know, shove it down and stand up and, and paint a smile on your face, but that doesn't really get you where you really want to end up. I mean, how does the emotional and somatic elements come into play? Yeah. So our, our fundamental principle that we use is an acronym called ROC, R-O-C, and it stands for Relax, Open, and Connect. Um, the terminology that I actually prefer um, is slow down, feel, and then uh, communicate or, or speak. So really importantly, we start our each of our meetings or our retreats with some level of, of a somatic meditation, which is, um, you know, I am a, I'm a part of a lineage and a practitioner of Vajrayana Buddhism, uh, taught by Reggie Ray, who's got an, had an organization called Dharma Ocean, and he teaches a a very very uh, specific bodily oriented style of Tibetan Buddhism um, meditation practice. And so, um, I have really brought that forward as a implicit part of of what we do. And so that's in a very simple sense. What that is is just you know, sitting in our chairs or lying on our backs and uh, directing our awareness through our body with a simple body scan and just getting in touch, like really just like opening up those neural pathways from our conscious brain into the, the felt sense of the body. And we do it in a very simple, straightforward way. Um, and that leads us to the, so that helps with the slowing down part. It also helps us feel. So we use the somatic and emotional combination to help men have a way to point to and experience what they're feeling or their experience. So a, a lot of guys, when something comes up and they're feeling something, they actually don't know exactly what they're feeling. Like it just feels like something. And so we, we broke down the, the world's myriad of emotional experiences into five basic emotions. Anger, shame, fear, sadness, and joy. And so we, we just simply instruct men as they're sharing, as they're talking, to speak from their, um, their bodies and from their emotions. And so, you know, we do a very simple check-in process. So, you know, I, I'll just do it right now. I feel um, a little tension in my hips because of how I'm sitting. I feel some clammy, clamminess on my skin. It's warm outside. Uh, emotionally right now, I'm feeling um, on the spot in a positive way. I feel a little charged. I feel a longing for um, for my wife and my kids. Um, and that could be the end of my check-in there. But all I did really was speak to what my body is going through and what my heart or my emotions are experiencing right now. And that becomes the the center of a practice. And it really doesn't get much more complicated than that. Um, and what we do is we encourage men to, as they slow down, they naturally get in more in touch with what they feel. And then that, that third step is really courageous. It really is. It, it really is courageous for a man to share his truth. Um, and so we warmly, gently, lovingly, um, you know, ask that we each drop in and, and, and speak from that place. And when something big or scary or intense comes up, 
we really just um, we just really make space for it. And you know, it's it's just as it's actually probably more about actually feeling the feelings than it is talking about them. Um, so it's a it's a very kind of organic and gentle process. But it, we really, you know, as a man is sharing, if he's going into something. Um, you'll commonly hear other men just say, "Hey, slow down! Like, uh, wh- where are you? Where are you feeling that? Or where are you noticing that? Where's that showing up for you? Or which emotion is? What's going on there?" Just to help men sort of clarify and stick with the experience that's happening, and not um, jump out of it or move on to the next thing. Right. I know that oftentimes uh, there'll be two or three. Um, high-profile, if you will, issues, perhaps in a relationship, perhaps with a family dynamic. And uh, for myself, I I really have noticed that there's um, so many layers to um, our past that we might not even recognize has um, made their mark on our psyche, if you will. Uh, a while back, I went to a, a funeral, um, and it was my my friend's mother who had passed, and and he was thrust into um, a lot of responsibility to handle the funeral, handle traveling dynamics. Um, it kind of landed in his lap. And here his mother had passed. And what he really should be doing is bawling his flipping head off. And and if he were to allow himself in general to feel the pain of that and and fully experience it, there would be a lot of remorse and sorrow. But I watched mm. as, I mean, the, the march of time didn't afford him that convenience, and he he had to um, don this stoic, okay, I'll take care of that, I'll take care of that, all these details came in, and he had to kind of like suck it up and, and, mm-hmm. and march through it as kind of the keeper of the... Um, of the family dynamic. And what my point is, is sometimes we don't recognize, like an overall depression or an, or an overall melancholy or, or disconnect from, you know, I don't really feel like my life has meaning. I don't really feel like there's purpose to my work. I really don't feel like, and we kind of go looking for the smoking gun like uh, um, something more uh, with with some more fanfare, something a little more heroic, mm-hmm. if you will. I went to, uh, I served a term in the war or something like that. Yeah. Sometimes when we when we get loaded up in our psyche, there's not a a, um, a clear indicator that we've really kind of shoved ourselves underground, if you will. And as you work with men over time, so they come to your program and they kind of get the low-hanging fruit taken care of, what kind of uh, uh, response do you see as far as some of the deeper work that isn't always obvious to the participant? Yeah, I mean, you're speaking to, I think, a really – important part of this and and I I used the the phrase practice earlier and I really do see uh, being a part of an ongoing men's group as as one of the most effective and impactful practices that a a man today can take up Um, for for the exact reason that you just brought up that you know once you get in you sort of get acquainted to the, the space and um, start feeling the safety, how it actually feels to be in a safe space like that, and then yeah, it's it's um, it's it's kind of a a quest, a, a choose your own adventure quest for every individual person. And um, you know, my my mentor and co-founder Owen Marcus 
uh, talks about micro traumas, right? So like what you were speaking to is maybe not everybody has uh, either been directly abused or went to war or had some, uh, yeah, like fanfare trumpet blasting trauma in their life. But, you know, these micro traumas of even as down as small as to simply not saying what you felt or not standing up for yourself or not speaking what you wanted and these habitual uh, patterns of, of, you know, one little piece of, of your truth that got locked up or uh, one little harm that you didn't get to, to reconcile with. And I think that that, you know, I think the cool thing in some ways is that as these get released and as these get healed and they really do, not every single one comes to the table and says, Hey, look at me. This is, I am your trauma from when, you know, your teacher uh, quietly belittled you and you could feel it was going on. And, you know, I think there, sometimes you do go through a big event. One of my bigger healings I ever experienced, it was actually a, a cycle of, of healings, but was um, Owen, my, my mentor, as I mentioned, led me on a, on a journey that brought me back to the first week of my life when I was kept uh, away from my mom for a week in the hospital. And uh, just by sticking with the basic practices, I was brought into, into that memory of laying on a, a little table as a baby in utter pain with my back arched, um, you know, screaming. And, and the, the, so that was, that was my big one. Right. But along the way, man, I mean, the, the, the sort of multiplicitous corners that I've explored in my own subconscious, in my own body, in my own memory, um, you know, things with my, each member of my family, things with relationships from different points of my life. And, and then also just some general straight up tension, you know, just general held and trapped tension from, from life. <laughs> I mean, actually that's, that's something I, I tend to, I can't say it enough. Like, man, life is, it's, it's woolly. It's hard. You know, it's heavy. Things happen. It's, it's just normal. And it's, it's okay that it is that way. And so I do see a men's group um, for a guy is like him protecting one space in his life where he can go to, to unwind some of that, to let some air out of the tires, to just like, I think it's, it's so critical for men to, uh, find a place, some avenue to to just begin that, that process or take that process at whatever level they need. So. Yeah, right. Well, and I like that. I like what you're saying. It's, uh, it, it's, it's an unraveling of sorts. I noticed that, like for myself, um, I I looked at taking on some new responsibility for myself, and I I held it at arm's length for really quite a while, and I didn't um, I didn't understand why I was so gun shy, so to speak, to engage it. So say you're at work and there's an opportunity to be promoted, and you're totally qualified for it. You're totally tuned in and 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 know you could step into that role in a heartbeat and sometimes it's this um subconscious clutter or or um you have a you have a notion that if you do that a, a particular feeling will come up and you might not think it through so clear but you just have this angst of really mm-hmm. just saying yes and going for it and the opportunity passes and and this can happen over and over again and what my point is here when when we take the time to engage uh, services like yours and we start to unravel ourselves and we start to go deeper who we are on the I don't know what to call it the flip side who we are out in the world changes and we start to make yeah. uh, better choices that support us, better choices that 
um, reinforce the truth of us. And I, from, I've been staring at the tea leaves for a couple of decades now, and as far as I can tell, there's no limit to how much we can blossom within ourselves. What do you think? Yeah, no, that's that's beautiful. I I agree completely. I I have, um, what's in the analogy? I think you dive you dive in the pool and you think you get into the bottom and then you swim right through it and hundred times deeper and maybe five years later you get to the bottom of that and and uh, it's even hundred times deeper again. And the the analogy that I was thinking about as you were sharing that was like the you know, the coding on a website, you know, I think the, uh, the hope or intention is we slow down together and really, really get down to our, uh, closer and closer to our, to our core and our truth where we're manipulating the ones and zeros in a sense, or, or all realigning, maybe just shuffling them. Hopefully they're coming back in a more, uh, oriented and aligned way. And, and what that means on the outer world and the surface or in our interactive world, it's, uh, it's fundamentally different. It really is. Yeah, I, I told a guy today on, on a call that one of the things that has been really cool to watch is all of these men that have come through our programming walk away with, uh, it might not even be a conscious knowing, but a subconscious knowing that, that real healing is actually possible. And that might sound really trite, maybe, especially for those in the healing professions, but I think to your average American guy walking around, uh, it's a pretty paradigm shifting thing to to find that um, that actual healing is 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 available. Oh, sure. sure, indeed. The I I think the the human persona. The, um, in, I mean this this radio show is hinged around the human potential, the human paradigm. And, uh, you know, the the topic of the show, a new paradigm for men, how would you describe, I mean, if we just took a general look at things, if you looked at the old paradigm for men and then we flip that over to the new paradigm for men, What's the difference? I mean, if I were to observe yeah. a man, what would be a recognizable attribute that I would observe in in the new paradigm? So, yeah, I can't claim that this paradigm has arrived, but this is my intention. And it, it's, it's quite simple, actually, is that the old paradigm would have been based on a set of prescribed qualities or attributes or an, a prescribed narrative that a man is X, a man is Y, um, a good man is X, a good man is Y, you know. Right. And the new paradigm would be flipped to a descriptive place and that uh, the only measure of, of a man that, that makes sense to me anymore is how, to what, to what level is that man uh, fully himself, expressing himself, living his truth in touch with his core, um, allowing him the, the real freedom to to write his own definition for manhood um, through his life, through all of his actions, through every every breath he takes. You know that's and I, so from the outside, what would you see differently? My my assumption is what you'd see differently is is a happier, more connected uh, man. That's you know living and loving and serving and giving in the places that are natural to him. And, you know, there's probably some uh, imagination going on in that. So I'm not sure exactly what you'd see from the outside, but, but I do feel like the, the, the paradigm shift that I'm after is, is uh, from outside into inside out. Well, I like that. I like the, I, it's yet to be defined, or perhaps there's not even a definition of of what would be observed. It, it's so common for our culture to have a white picket fence idea of what yeah. you know the, the cover of the GQ magazine. Well, here's the healthy man because 
he's got this car because he has his job, because blah, blah, blah. And the, uh, just some inklings I had about the new paradigm is he's not criticizing the crap out of himself. He's comfortable. I mean, he's kind of uh, healed his um, dysfunctional tendencies, and he's he's more authentic. But I don't want to go much farther. I kind of like what you're saying, where it's like, why should we paint yet a new picket fence? Why should we corral the new paradigm, leave it open, and let it define itself? Um, I kind of like that, actually. I, th- well, I think um, it's very timely because... Oh, sorry. Go ahead. No, please go ahead. Yeah, I was going to say it's it's incredibly timely, in a way that's not, uh, really. I I guess so. I've been I've been working with some younger men, in their teens and their early twenties, and so this paradigm, this shift is it's it's kind of happening whether we're aware of it or not. Uh, I don't think it's happening a hundred percent, but. You know, with the shift in in gender norms in our society and sexuality, and all of these these you know really great substantial uh, shifts in in our lives, um, I just feel like you, you know you, you mentioned GQ. So we had a a major article published on us in GQ about six months ago, and the the cover of the episode was a was like a a man in drag in this like big, beautiful, amazing dress. And, you know, the intention of the cover and, and the, the whole episode, it was, it was called the new masculinity. Ep- um, sorry, not episode, but edition of the magazine. Right. And, you know, I, you're right. It's, it's so in our nature to say, okay, if not the old, then define the new. And this, this uh, GQ was trying to, express uh you know uh, uh i i think that the idea out in the culture is that the the definition is changing it's in flux um it's this postmodern idea like not having anything to land on and um i think that's scary for people i mean it's scary for me too but i do trust that a lot of the the qualities that we would have ascribed to men before you know that they're kind they're strong I, I think that's going to, it shakes out, you know, I don't think we're going to end up with something so far away from the past. I, I think it's just giving men some space to discover it for, for themselves, uh, you know, and discover those inherent qualities in themselves that, um, that they can really own, you know? So I don't think, I don't know, who knows what's going to happen. I don't think we're going to have some crazy revolution of, of what it means to be a man. I think it's, I think it's just really helpful to not prescribe it too hard. Right. Well, the, the notion of being authentic, nobody else can measure your authenticity for you. It's an inside job. Your authenticity Mm -hmm. is uh, your relationship with yourself. And so it's, um, I, I like what we're, we're, um, point at it as in that each man will define it for himself. Um, well, it's uh, it for, for me. It, it I'm I'm so delighted. I mean, we've done hundreds of episodes on the show, and there's there's people like you that are sharing the um, a, a deeper look into the the masculine archetype and. We've talked about the feminine archetype many, many times on the show, and the the, the notion of the, the new age or you know the the next generation or perhaps the healthy masculine, the healthy feminine. I think we're in for some pretty fun, dynamic, exciting times to be alive because the 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 playing field is so rich with. Um, so many different ways we can express ourselves and so many different ways we can heal, create, show our passion, interact, co-create, connect with people all over the world. I'm, I'm kind of, well, I'm very excited about 
um, what humanity is going to show itself with, if you will, um, in this next generation. So now if our listeners are um, wondering about the Every, Every Man program, can you give us a snapshot of what uh, newcomers um, might experience and how they can engage your platform? Absolutely, yeah. And uh, I'll, I'll try this out on you because it's new. We, we've made a big shift and pivot since uh, COVID-19. Um, for the last couple of years since we've been around, our main offerings have been weekend retreats, uh, week-long wilderness expeditions, and then we've had materials to help men support, uh, help help support men create their own everyman groups in their community, and it's been uh, generally a very in-person experience. And we we hope and intend to go back to that as well. But uh, starting next week, we are launching our online membership platform, which has a sliding scale that guys can uh, pay what they would like. And what we're doing and what we've been doing the last couple months is testing out and proving that these groups, these men's groups, not only are they uh, possible virtually, they're, they're deeply effective. I mean, it's, it's a big surprise to me. It's also a great joy to find that out. Um, so we have uh, an emerging membership platform that men can come and connect with men all over the globe who are, you know, on a journey of their own and that we bring them together and help them start their own groups. We have uh, weekly drop-in groups that I lead and the other senior leaders lead. Uh, Men can come in and get a taste of what's going on. And then um, ongoing for free, we have uh, these drop-in groups and then we have global calls every Tuesday night where we get hundreds of guys on from around the world and we bring on a speaker or a presenter, and we then we break into small groups and have discussion. Um, so, yeah, our new reality is still emerging, but um, everything can be found at everyman.com. And, uh, you know, I think in a month, he asked me that question again, it might change a little bit because we're really in the process of reshifting or shifting gears right now. You know, I I really liked what you said about uh, new members holding um, men's groups themselves. A lot of times um, men might not feel qualified or experienced enough to hold a men's group, but um, it's, it's for a large part, it's really about creating the space. Uh, You're making the vessel, the vehicle, if you will, and the men that show up fill it with the opportunity to transform themselves. Can you talk a little bit about um, what that would look like to actually host your own everyman um, groups yourself? Yeah, absolutely. So the the first thing that would happen is you'd raise your hand and say, I'm interested in this, and and then you would have access to a, an online course called the group launch training. And so it's a 12 week uh, kind of scripted out uh, curriculum for a new group. And we, we don't require this, but we recommend that two men come together and band together to uh, basically sponsor a new group. And they don't have to be responsible for it for, for the lifetime of the group, but just through this first 12 weeks to help get it off the ground. Um, just helpful for some practical reasons. And then you take, you know, week one, there's some videos, there's some prompts, there's an explanation of how to create the the space, there's uh, the agreements to pass out and for everybody to talk over, um, and you go for it, right? And then we have office hours every week, myself and Owen Marcus, to um, to check in and to, to take questions and to go over best practices and we're really starting to leverage uh, video teaching and examples, and that's actually really fun for me. I have a background in video production <clears throat> as well. So uh, we're really learning how to really deeply support men in their groups, which is really exciting for me. You know, the first couple of years we, we proved out that 
any guy out there, regardless of experience, can can win with this formula. And now uh, we have this opportunity to to deepen that and to really um, offer more guidance, offer more support, and, you know, take a group from zero to 60 real fast, real, real fast. So, and right now the groups are all being done on Zoom, you know, so everybody – gets to do it from their own home. In the past, one of the big sticky points is where are we going to meet? You know, where are we going to get together? Some of those things are just not, (laughs) they're just not there now. So uh, it's actually streamlined things a little bit. Right. Well, you've you've talked about your platform. Is there any other components um, of what you do that you want to share with our audience now? Yeah, well, I'd say, you know, if you're interested, our social media is that underscore every man underscore, and that, um, you know, keeps people up to date. I write a weekly newsletter through every man, and you can sign up for that on the website. I take a lot of pride and passion in those weekly newsletters. And uh, and then my, serv- my coaching services, um, I work with men and leaders. Also, my website is dan-dody.com, and uh, – so I have an executive coaching practice alongside of every man too. Um, that's about it. And I'd say, you know, stay tuned because when, when the world kind of gets back on its feet, uh, my favorite experience of anything that we ever do is our wilderness expeditions. And so we do these eight day trips in Yellowstone or Glacier National Park. And uh, they're, you know, they're the type of experience that, um, is, is hard to replicate. It's kind of a once-in-a-lifetime type of deal. Right. Well, time flies when you're having fun. I want to thank you for being our guest on the show tonight. You know, it's really obvious the compassion you have in your heart for this topic, and and I want to applaud you for how you've shown up, and you've, you've put out the effort and, and co-created uh, such a wonderful platform to help the, the the men of the world, if you will. And so I, I applaud what you're doing, and I want to thank you for being our guest tonight on the show. I've really enjoyed the conversation. Thank you. I take that to heart. I really appreciate it. Thanks a lot. We've been talking to Dan Doty, and the topic tonight has been a new paradigm for men. It's a... Uh, People people are hungry for the truth. People are hungry for the truth in a kind of a bold and blunt way, not sugar-coated, but just uh, straight off the top, if you will. And the more we show up for ourselves, the more we we embody our own truth, we align with our own authenticity, we stand in our own shoes, so to speak, and know that we belong here. We belong in the role of who we are, no matter how different our life or particular um, situation might be from our neighbors or even from our past. It's, we're, we're going through the eye of the needle, if you will. Humanity's going through some very, very deep transformation in these, you know, these last few weeks. And my uh, my sense is we're going to come out of we're going to come out of this in a in a much better place. Certainly, there'll be some upheaval and some some uh, rough water, perhaps. But overall, um, I'm very excited for our human potential, our human future, our human imagination. The desire of our human heart for a uh, a future that really honors who we are collectively as a as a people on this planet. So I want to thank you, the listener, for sharing this time with us. And go to newhumanliving.com. There's hundreds of uh, podcast episodes there, and the New Human Living platform helps you to embody your truth, to to get the wisdom of your heart and your soul front and center, to teach your ego how to walk in step 
so the vision of your heart and your soul can have a chance in fulfilling in your lifetime. Always a pleasure. I'm your host, Les Jensen. Thanks for sharing this time with us. Until next time, thanks for listening. This has been a New Human Living Radio broadcast to bring your soul's inspiration into effect and live your life wide open. Check out our host, Les Jensen's latest book, Citizen King, The New Age of Power, at newhumanliving.com. Thanks for listening. Casino asking people what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kids' PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details.